As you return back to your seats, it is delightful to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I just returned with Brother Edwards from the cold, cold north. When we flew out this morning, it was 10 degrees. And when we flew in, it wasn't a lot warmer than that, and it was snowing. And for two Texas boys, that was just a little bit too much. And uh, we were away. Our dear friend, Brother Clark, Brother Dennis Clark, his brother passed away unexpectedly. A tragic, tragic loss. And uh, we were grateful to be able to be there to support that family. Glad to be home tonight. I've asked Brother Edwards to stay over and just preach. He's got a very uh, sore throat tonight. But uh, I figured he probably had a better word for you than I would have. You just have to know what we've been through. We left early Thursday morning. We got up there, time changed, got in bed late. He couldn't sleep. I slept a few hours. He came to bed. I got up. That's how we went for the rest of our time up there. He slept the first part of the night. I slept the last. Or I slept the first part. He slept the last part. And then the last night, neither one of us really slept. So we're, we're, we're glad to be in the house of the Lord, though. One of the greatest men that I know, and I mean that sincerely, he is such a genuine man of God. And I love being around him. I love talking to him. He's got a lot of wisdom that comes through. And uh, he has helped make me a better man. Brother Edwards, come. We're thankful that you're here tonight. Bring the word of the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Hughes. Praise the Lord, everybody. He was exactly right. Our bodies are in shock. Give me Texas winters anytime. It may be 47. That's a lot better than 10. Those Michigan guys, we were standing out at the grave. It was in the 20s, and the wind was blowing, and we were shivering and shaking. And one of those wise men came up, and he said, Brother Edwards, are you cold? I said, yes, I'm freezing. He said, this is about as good as it gets. It goes downhill from here. I said, well, you know what? In the morning, we're going south. I love humidity. (laughs) Six-degree weather. It rains down here, but, you know... It probably does everywhere, but it turns the snow up there. So great to be with you again tonight. I appreciate Brother Hughes uh, giving me this invitation to come and be with you. And uh, truly, both of us, uh, the weather, our sinuses just went crazy. And um, uh, we couldn't sleep. One morning, I got up, and he was up. It was 6. I said, did you ever go to bed? He said, but I got up. Didn't sleep all night, a little bit last night, but tonight's going to be better. It's going to be a whole lot better. Amen. I want to tell this church tonight that 
Sometimes adversity makes us stronger. I cannot give you an explanation about why God does things. But I can only say this, that sometimes we have to just get a firm grip on who we are and what we are and what God put us here to do. And we don't let storms or wind or rain or people or demons from hell stop us from accomplishing what God has put this church to do. And I commend you so much because uh, I told Brother Hughes, man, I don't know how anybody can endure such hardships and tear it down and rebuild it all over again as many times as you have. But it falls your lot to do that. But I'm going to tell you something. God sees it. The city sees it. Your family and people that are connected with this church sees the endurance of this church. And it makes a lasting impression upon them. So it's going to be great. And I'm coming to the dedication. Amen. St. John chapter 20. St. John chapter 20. I'm going to cut the reading short. Because uh, I want to use more of my voice than necessary. Amen. St. John chapter 20, verse 13. Let me just go briefly and tell you. Jesus had been crucified and was three days in the tomb. And now Mary was coming to anoint his body. And she got to the tomb and she found a great surprise. It was empty. And when she looked, the Bible says, St. John chapter 20 and verse 13, And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. Verse 14, And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Would you pray with me, Father? We love you tonight. I ask you to help us. Just let the word of the Lord go forth and speak to our hearts and our minds in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. Easter is one of the best seasons for Christians because not that he was put to death, but because he resurrected. If it wasn't for the resurrection of Christ, we would have no hope of being resurrected. For that same spirit that was in him that resurrected Christ from the dead, if it be in you, it shall also quicken your mortal bodies. So because he came out victorious over death, hell, and the grave, you and I can say, Oh, death, where is thy sting? In oh, grave, where is thy victory? And now Mary Magdalene had come to the tomb. And to her surprise, the angel of the Lord said, He is not here. For he has risen, as he said. 
And the scripture says, and when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. I could just tell you, speak to you tonight on this little thought that the God that we do not know, the God that we do not know, we know a lot about God. If I was preaching tonight on God parting the Red Sea and the children of Israel crossing our own dry ground, we would say, that's the God I know. If we could preach the things that New Testament and Old Testament has taught us miracle after miracle, eye blinded eyes open, deaf ears unstopped, the dead given their life back to them, we could say, that's the God I know. When the brother was talking about God providing his need with a job, we were standing and clapping our hands. That's the God we know. If we could talk about how God provides and how God makes a way when there seemeth to be no way. And if I would ask you tonight to stand, it would probably be a 100% of the people in this building tonight that would say, I know God has provided a way for me and my family. Heal my body. Give us the increase that we need. I love that saying before your offering. I'd like to have a copy of that because in your face, devil, when you think you have done everything against the children of God, we stand up and say, we curse the things that's come against us and claim the victory in the name of Jesus. Because you know what? That's the God we know. I prayed one time, and uh, I've been a licensed preacher for uh, 50 years. My pastor uh, brought me a local license. I never had to meet the Mississippi District Board. He just went and said, I have a young preacher, and... He's preaching, and I'd like to get him license, and he just brought him to me. I have it hanging on my wall in my office. It's not that easy anymore. But you know what? I remember, and I pray, God, give me the faith that I had when I was young. Restore unto me the faith that I had when I prayed for gasoline to be put in my car, and I saw the needle begin to register. Give me the faith that I had when we had nothing and had to depend on you for everything that we had, and you always came through to us. Let that faith of a new convert that has to just walk by faith and not by sight, Because sometimes after we've lived for God for a little while, you know, we kind of get things coming our way. And, And before you know it, we start losing that endurance of faith. You know what I'm talking about? Praying until it happens. Just fall on our face and staying until heaven breaks open and hell is defeated. Just praying until God says, I'm going to let it happen. 
We don't have that kind of endurance anymore. We like instant things. Man, what kind of world do we live in when we can get on a plane in Michigan and 10 degrees and fly back to Houston and get here time to eat lunch and go to church? That's where we are. We're we're to the place in our walk with God that if God don't do it right now, we think he's never going to do it. But you know what? They that endure unto the end, that's the ones that's going to make it. And so when Mary Magdalene turned around and she saw Jesus, let me tell you something. She knew who Jesus was. He cast out seven devils out of her. She knew him because she had watched him, walked with him, been with him. She knew Jesus. But yet when she turned around, the Bible says she didn't know him. She didn't recognize him. And when he spoke to her and he called her by name, instantly she knew who he was. You know, sometimes we get to the point in the place that we know him, but we don't recognize him. Every saint of God in this building tonight, we know God. But sometimes we go through things that we don't recognize what God is doing. So when we can't recognize what God is doing, we actually don't recognize God. Who is that? Who is that? That's standing behind Mary. She knew it was. She knew it was going to be resurrected. But you know what? They had that little seed of doubt in them that she came and he said, I'm going to be resurrected. I'm coming out of the grave. But yet she came to look in the grave for him. And when she did not see him, she spoke. And when she turned around, She supposed that he was the gardener. But suddenly something happened. Amazing thing happened. He called her by name. I don't know if you've ever heard God call you by name. But I want to tell you something. When you have an experience with God, it may be that once in a lifetime situation. I'm going to tell you what I experienced when I was a young preacher. My wife and I had nowhere to go. We were trying to evangelize and there was nobody calling and the doors were shut. And uh, her family was living in a little house and we was living with them. That would make you really want to get in touch with God. And I told my wife, I said, I'm going down to the church today. And when I come back, I'm going to have an answer from God. And I went down to that church and I stayed and I stayed and I stayed. I stayed all day long. And I told God, I said, God, if the doors don't open, I'm going to take my wife. We're going back to Mississippi. I'm going to get a job. I'm going back to our home church. And that's where I'll be. I left it just like that. That night, we went to bed at two in the morning. At two in the morning, I should have recognized him. I should have known who he was. There was something about me living for God. I should have known that because 
He had already performed some things in my life that was undeniable. But yet God heard my prayer. And when I opened my eyes, the little bedroom we was in was completely illuminated, bright as the noonday sun. I was punching Elaine and I was saying, do you see that? She said, yes. I can't look at it. It's so bright. I said, look, open your eyes. It's the angel of the Lord that's in our room. We squinted and looked and fear came upon us. And this is what the angel of the Lord spoke to me. And he said, from this night forward, you will never lack a pulpit to preach in. That's been 50 years ago. The next morning, the next morning, we didn't have cell phones in that day. But the people got a hold of you. They usually had to call somebody, do you, and they come down and got you and, you know, got a phone call. The next morning, the phone was ringing in my father-in-law's house. And it was a tiny little church, Bethel Grove, Louisiana. Anybody know where that's at? I don't blame you. There's two. A little tiny church, but you would have thought it was Calvary Tabernacle in Indianapolis, Indiana. But I told my wife, I said, we're going to preach a revival. I was so excited. We preached that little revival. And you know what? Soon as that one was over, another one came. And another one came. And another one came. And from that night to right now, here's what the Lord said. You will never lack a pulpit to preach in. And I'm going to send this angel to stand beside you. uh, And God will be with you. I want to tell you something, folks. That's the God I know. (laughs) That's the God I'm talking about tonight. Uh, Woo! Sometimes we have to realize and understand there's a reason that God does not reveal himself to us. Couldn't you imagine what Job was feeling when he said, I looked ahead and I looked behind and on the right and to the left. And he said, I couldn't find him. But yet in Job chapter 1, he knew who he was. He knew who God was. And the scripture says that he prayed for his family. And he sought God. And he prayed over them. And when the destruction came, he said, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'll tell you something. Job knew who God was. But such horrible things happened to him. He began to not recognizing what God was doing. Don't tell me tonight that any of you feel like Job. Because I don't think there's not one person in this building that's lost ten children. I don't think anybody in this building has lost 7,000 camels and oxen. I don't think there's anybody in this building that has went overnight from being the richest man to the poorest man. But suddenly, something happened. 
the devil. The devil went to heaven and sat among the angels. And the Lord said, why are you here? And where have you been? And he said, I've been walking to and fro on the earth. God said, this is what the devil said, and I have found none. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? There's sometimes when you and I as saints of God have walked with God, and maybe I'm preaching to some folks here tonight that have lived for God a long time. My word for you is just simply this. He's still God, but you may not be recognizing what he's doing. He's still God, but you might turn around and say, I knew the God of my youth, but I don't know who you are. She didn't know him. Who are you? I don't know sometimes if we get the attitude in our walk with God that we think that we have such a handle on God that we can just snap our fingers and God will jump to our command. But there's sometimes in our walk with God that we just hold on because we don't recognize what God is doing in our life. I'm not going to preach about storms here tonight, but I want to tell you something. You've been through it, and we have too. 80% of our city flooded. 86 families in our church were homeless. And you know what? My little wife got outside of our house in my rubber boots and marched around our house rebuking and saying, it's not going to happen. And I'm telling you, when it happened, it shattered her faith. And God spoke to me as clear, and he said, just because you don't recognize me don't mean that I am not God. Maybe I need to speak faith into somebody here tonight that you're just about to the edge and jumping over because you somehow another saying, I knew God could raise the dead, but he didn't. I know God can heal, but he didn't. I know God can supply, but he didn't. I know God can make a way, but he didn't. But my word for you tonight is he's still God. Whew. He's God. He's God on the platform. And he's God back at the door. He's God when we're in the lowest valley. And he's God when we're on the mountaintop. And he's God when we can recognize him. And he's God when we don't know what he's doing. Woo! Come on and praise him a little bit. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you something. You may be seated. God don't have to tell us everything he's doing. We don't have to have tongues and interpretation in every service. We don't have to have miracles and signs and wonders every time we come to greater life. Sometimes God just says, I'm with you and that's enough. told Brother Hughes, I prayed and watched driving over tonight, mostly watching because traffic was so thick. And God just whispered, he said, this is what I want you to tell. Maybe it's for one person in this building tonight. 
you don't recognize what God is doing in your life. But you used to be one of the greatest prayer warriors. And God used to speak to you. God used to tell you things in the midnight hour. And lately you haven't heard from God. And God hasn't spoke. But you know what God's telling you? He's still God. You just don't know him right now. You don't recognize him right now. And I'm on, I'm on, I'm going to tell you why Mary did not recognize him. If you can imagine with me that the flesh of Jesus, Isaiah said, he suffered more than any man ever suffered. I don't have the vocabulary to describe to you what the cross was. But I want to tell you it was agony. The beating the scourging, the jerking of his beard until they pulled it out by the roots, the man with the cat of nine tails that beat him, the blood that was running and the nails that was driven in his hand and the cross that fell in the hole that it jarred him and the crown of thorns pressed on his brow. He didn't look like a savior. In fact, they said, if this is Jesus, he saved others. Why can't he save himself? The last visual that Mary had of Jesus was that. Bloody, bleeding, dying, moaning, groaning, hanging in the sun. And finally he said, it's finished. The last visual that she had of them taking him off the cross, laying him in the tomb, was a bloody pup. Now, she said, I know that God. But she didn't know the resurrected God. She come to him and listen to what he said. Don't touch me. That's the only time Jesus said, don't get near me. When he walked among the lepers, he was touching him and healing them. But when Mary saw him in such a different fashion and a different way, he said, don't touch me. Why? He's the approachable God. He's the God that let the veil in the temple rent in twain so that people like us could have access to the mercy seat of God. That we did not have to go before a priest, but now we had clear access to walk right into the glory and the presence of Almighty God. But she did not recognize him. Why didn't she recognize him? He had a glorified body. And I'm going to prove to you that he still had scars. Because when he made himself visible and came to the disciples and Thomas 
wasn't at the first meeting. He said, I won't believe it until I put my finger in the nail prints of his hand and, and, and my hand into his side. He still had the scars, but he was resurrected. Or Brother Hughes, I just feel in the Holy Ghost tonight. Some of you got some scars. And I don't know why tonight that you're feeling like that you'll never, ever know God again. But God just sent me here to tell you, he's still working in your behalf. He's still working on your problem. Woo! He, he's still... Oh, I, I wish I had the energy in the voice tonight. He's still working on the last prayer you prayed. He's still working on the things that you think God has given up on. But he said, I haven't forgot you. And he sent me here to tell you tonight, just because you don't recognize what God is doing does not mean he's not working on your behalf. He's here right now. He's talking to us right now. The Holy Ghost is working right now. Let me hurry and tell you. You know why she didn't recognize him? Because he had a resurrected body. Do you remember when Peter, James, and John came and the Lord was transfigured right before their eyes? That means he became transparent. They could see right through him. They said, what a miracle. And the Lord said, don't tell it to anybody. I can't keep it to myself. But he said, don't tell it to anybody. That's the kind of body Jesus had right here. But I'm going to tell you something else. Change was happening. Suddenly, 300 plus prophecies about the coming of the Messiah was standing before her. Can you imagine the odds of that. Do you realize that when they had that great Powerball lottery, it said your chance of winning was one in one trillion. But somebody got it. Can you imagine 300 prophecies over a 2,000 year span and every one of them was right on the money and when Jesus was born every prophecy of the Old Testament was fulfilled to the letter. But you know what it was? I'm doing away with the tabernacle plan. You don't have to blame the blood sacrifice. You don't have to uh, take your offering to a priest. You don't have to do any of that. And coming with this great change was such a marvelous revelation of Christ that when Mary looked at him, he was pulling with him the Old Testament prophecies. Uh, And he said, I've come not to destroy the law, but I've come to fulfill the law. 
But in fulfilling the law, I've got to die. And I've got to ascend into heaven. And he said, when I go away, I'm sending you the Holy Ghost. They didn't know what the Holy Ghost was. No wonder she didn't recognize him. No wonder she didn't know who he was. She was looking at the God that had walked for three and a half years. But now God reached across the border. And he got all the Old Testament prophecies. And he brought them right straight into the hour where you and I live right now. And she said, I don't recognize that. There's a great difference between people that know God and people that don't recognize God. There's a great difference sometimes when the same God that has worked so many miracles in our life, we turn around and he's pulling with us all of the prophecies that God has ever given to this church and to the people in this church. And somehow we're saying, I don't know God. You know why you don't know him? Because great things are about to happen. He's not going to be the crucified Savior. He's going to be the, rec- the resurrected Savior. He's not going to be the God that you just look at and say, we prayed and nothing happened. He's going to be the God that says, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He's not going to be the God that you're going to look back and say, I don't know where God is. He's going to be the God that suddenly starts answering so many prayers. And so many people that you've prayed for, God's going to pull them across that line. And God's going to break the barrier down. Don't tell me it can't be done. You already know it can be done. You've seen what God can do. So why don't you have faith right now? I'm going to just come back to the God. The Holy Ghost won't let me leave this this one little avenue right here. Somebody is living on the deception of the devil. And because your prayer hasn't been answered, the devil is saying to you, you're backslid. And God don't love you. And you're far from God. And you might as well give up. The Holy Ghost is speaking through me. And I'm telling you that when God reveals himself to you, it's going to be greater than the former rain. When God reveals himself to you, it's going to be totally different than when you got the Holy Ghost. When God reveals himself to you, you're going to have a new life. And God's going to step into your life uh, and he's going to renew your prayer life to the point, to the place. That God's going to say, look at me now. Look at me now. What Mary could not do. Jesus said to the others, handle me. Touch me. Feel me. You know why? Because something happened from that 
moment in Mary's life to the next time we see the Lord in the first chapter of the book of Acts ascending up into heaven. And suddenly the prophecies that was prophesied about the Holy Ghost Go you into Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued with power from on high. They were pulling all of that with them. And they said, we don't know about the Holy Ghost. We don't know what God's going to do. But he just said, go and tarry and wait on it. I'm telling somebody here tonight, go and tarry and wait on it. Your answer is worth waiting on. Your answer is worth waiting on. What did he tell the prince of Persia? Daniel has hindered your prayer. For 21 days, this prayer has been floating around out there in cyberspace. For 21 days, the angel of God and the angel of the devil have been fighting. But for 21 days, I've been coming your way. I don't know how long that God's been coming your way. But I want to tell you, he's just about to where you are. He's just about to where you are. Come on, stand with me right now. Lift your hands with me. Hallelujah. 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 Woo. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God's coming your way. God's coming your way. God's coming your way. Let me tell you something. If we had the wisdom of Solomon... I don't believe I could stand here tonight and answer all of your questions as to why. Pastor cannot answer all of your questions as to why. But you know what? God is coming your way. I don't know when he's going to get there. And I don't know what kind of incident happened in your life. But your faith is not destroyed. You just got some scars on you. You just, you just got a little battle scar on you. But the victory's on its way. You just got some things that's happened in your life. You've just got some things that's happened in your life. 
that's rocked your world. But you still got something down in here. And God's going to quicken that. Feel something moving. Feel something move on you. All of a sudden, that spirit that has been dead, all of a sudden, wham, something moved within you. And you say, wait a minute. I recognize that God. I know that feeling. I, I, I know what that feels like. How do you know what that feels like? Because I felt that before. I know what that feels like. And the answer's on the way. Woo! The answer's on the way. I know what that feels like. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 I'm quitting. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you one more thing. Somebody in this building tonight is about to make a big mistake. Because you're walking by your feelings. Somebody in this building is about to make a big mistake. Because you've let people get under your skin. Somebody's about to make a big mistake because suddenly you don't recognize God. <laughs> but when God reveals Himself, my God, when God reveals Himself to you, the God that you know, the God that has brought you through before, and the God that's made a way. Do you feel that? Do you feel that kick in the spirit? Do you feel that moving in the Holy Ghost? That's what you know. Woo! When you walk into the room, everything changes. Darkness starts to tremble. Yes. The light that you bring when you walk into the room, Jesus, every heart starts burning, and nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you. The light that you bring 